Hi, this is Larry Wilson, and this is How to Talk to Humans. This is the podcast that shows you how to improve your communication skills. Are you looking to get a better job? Are you looking to find a relationship? Are you trying to do things in your life that have frustrated you and eluded you so far? I can show you so easily how to change that. Now, I can only do it with humans. If you're looking to deal with vampires or zombies, extraterrestrials, this is not the show for you. But if you're really looking to improve your communication skills, I can show you what I've learned from 40 years in show business working with the biggest celebrities and superstars in the world, and their secrets are unbelievable. What I'm going to be teaching you during the course of this podcast every week are tools that you can use to communicate toward success. Hi, this is Larry Wilson. Thanks again for tuning into this podcast. Today, I want to do something a little different than we've done before. I wanted to interview someone who was a communications expert in his own right. This is a guy I've known for many, many years, who uh, I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about uh, where his journey led. But I first met him when he was involved with um, Laughs Unlimited in Sacramento, California. And then he progressed from there to a real job that I'll let him tell you more about. Please welcome my friend Bob Stobner. Well, Larry, good to talk to you. Thanks, man. Thanks, Thanks for having me on. Of course. Of course. Um, you know, I think it's particularly interesting because when you uh, moved beyond Laughs Unlimited, you still were using communication skills, right? Well, I think that's been a part of everything that I've done over the years. And I, uh, as a content creator, that's that's always in the back of your mind as you're, get, you're trying to get something across. You know, whether you're doing, you know, writing or images, graphic work or video work or, you know, anything in the creative arts, that's the prime goal. Absolutely. And no, I mean, I think this is fantastic because I suspect there's a lot of people listening to this who are content creators. And mm -hmm. they may, some of them may struggle with this or be frustrated or feel blocked sometimes. But I think you're like a perfect example, like you just said, that in any creative endeavor, that communication is key. Um, tell tell people who are listening a little bit after uh, Laughs Unlimited. Well, tell me first, when you were at Laughs Unlimited, were you the main driving force between marketing and advertising there? <laughs> um, I, well, I think it was a team effort. We were all trying to get, you know, the club uh, as much publicity for the club as possible to get as many people into the club as possible. We wanted to keep our national presence alive and be a successful operation. And so my role was pretty much um, in addition to running uh, some of the clubs in the evening as a partner in the operation. But my role was, you know, building our advertising vehicles, our you know, our newspaper ads uh, help out with the radio ads. Um, we did some 
television shows, which I had a role in doing some editing work on and producing work on and things things like that. So it's pretty much anything we needed to communicate to the audience outside of the club I kind of had a role in that. Right. Well, but I think you're being modest now because I remember very... Me? Yes. Yes. I would, Larry, I know you. Uh, well, I'm just telling you, I remember very clearly to this day, yeah. I yeah. remember a lot of the messaging of the advertising for that club was mm-hmm. very, very well thought out. You know, I performed all over the country and I would make jokes about how bad it was in other places We couldn't, Mm -hmm. for the life of you, understand what it was they were presenting. But like you say, even down to the graphics, you're responsible, aren't you, for that uh, image of sort of a jester, kind of a cartoon graphic, isn't that you're doing? Right. I had a a background in cartooning, and and so I brought that to the logo, and we use that in a a lot of the advertising uh, to put, like, try to put some sort of a funny illustration, funny cartoon into the ads. And we had it in our flyers and, you know, just to try to give a personality to the messaging that we're trying to get out and promoting the club. So, uh, yeah, that was part of it. We tried that. That helped us stand out a little bit. Absolutely. But it was very clear and it was not corny in any way. And it uh, established a sort of a baseline that this place is fun, it's about comedy, it had a wholesome quality to it. Like, this is a family place that you can bring someone on a date or, you know, anybody in your family to come see. And yeah, and we also, we also wanted to make it, make sure it wasn't, we wanted to make sure it was professional, that it looked good, it looked like it was, you know, it wasn't just a, a hand scratched flyer, you know, that you of might course. see on a phone pole or something. Tried to make it seem professional, which we were. <laughs> There's no question you were. Now, I know you're laughing because you knew you and Scott and these other people, you guys just jumped in, had no idea what you were doing. You jumped in and made it work. But what you're describing right now, I think, is part of the reason it was so successful is that you had very clear goals in mind, did you not? I think success was our main goal, and and staying above the competition of everything else that somebody could do with $10 on a Saturday night. So we were, you know, we, we needed to stand out. And we knew we had something unique in stand-up comedy, at least in our market at the, at the time. And we wanted to make sure people understood what a comedy club and going to a stand-up show was going to be like. So we wanted to make sure that people got the message that this was going to be a lot of fun, that you know you would have a good time, and um, that we were bringing really national entertainment to the local club scene. Mm-hmm. We tried to you know really bring in, you know, hey, he, he's been on the Carson show. She's been on David Letterman. You know, she, she guest starred last week on such and such sitcom. So, I mean, we tried to, you know, Scott was great at booking the club for, um, for national like level talent. And we would add that to the promotions as much as possible. So the people got the message that, Oh, this isn't just, you know, so-and-so from the office getting up and trying to do 10 minutes. This is, these are actual pros. 
Well, there's so, no question that you succeeded at it because uh, the club was hugely successful. And I think the messaging that you're talking about came through very clearly. It, um, you know, you, uh, I think you established a, a benchmark for clubs that some people tried to emulate, some people tried to bring their clubs up to the level you're at, and other people couldn't get close to it, you know. Hmm. Um, everything you're saying, I think, came through so clearly in your, in your messaging. But uh, then, at, at the end of a successful run, I don't know, how long did the club run? 20 years? 25 years? Gosh, yeah, I believe it was 25 years. Mm-hmm. My, my participation was about 10 years, 10 to 12 years. But yeah, I mean, uh, Scott ran it, um, you know, successfully for beyond that. And I think it ran into 25 years, I think. And then you moved on. Tell people a little bit about where you moved on to. I left Laughs Unlimited because I was about to start a family my lovely wife, Cassie. And I kind of thought it was time that I try to get into something corporate with, you know, a little bit more, I don't want to say stability, but it just felt like I needed to have a, a, uh, a job with some more opportunity to get me some, to some new skills. So I took a job with a, a company called Rayleigh's, which is a, a West coast grocer and exceptional company. It was, um, privately owned. I remember going in day one uh, that I talked to some friends that worked there and they said, you can really do anything you want here because the owner wants to see us grow and, and give us a lot of opportunities. And I said, well, this sounds like a great place. I can bring what I was doing at laughs into this operation and to, you know, and leverage the experience I had and, you know, what I could bring to the table as far as skills and, and, uh, and it was recognized and I was very successful there, but I did a number of different communication projects, um, everything from, you know, graphic work, design work up to video work, uh, for, and we had very large scale presentations, uh, multimedia presentations and live events. And so everything I did at laughs, um, kind of carried over to what I could do at, at Rayleigh. So it was actually great. Well, great experience. Uh, that's fantastic. I mean, because what I'm hearing you say is you were able to transfer all of those communication skills uh, to the new enterprise. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, that's correct. Well, that's kind of the um, the drum that I keep banging here is that. Mm-hmm is that these skills are not um, specialized to one arena or one pursuit, that if you become good at them, if you really practice them the way you did, that they're easily transferable to uh, what would it seem at first blush to be a completely different business, but ultimately relies on communication. Yeah, and it's and it actually goes beyond communicating through uh, a a medium like you know video, writing, audio, graphics, whatever. It goes to leadership and how you communicate with your teams and how you uh, motivate 
your teams to be able to to uh, be successful. I mean, and communicating up. So whether you're communicating up or communicating down in the organization, you know, you have different audiences and you may approach the audience differently from based on their position in the organization, but it's still your level of success can, it can still be consistent. Uh, I was had an experience both as a leader for, you know, my peers as well as presenting and uh, working with the top level ownership and management of the company. So, and in both cases, I got to a point where I was very confident and calm in doing so. And it, and uh, it worked out well. Well, I mean, it sounds like you had a incredible opportunity there with that particular company, like you say, mm-hmm. with a an owner who really wants to see the thing grow and gives people freedom to do this. Because I think you put your finger on something here that other people perhaps take for granted, that communication as a leader of teams of people is critical to an organization's success. Well, absolutely. And, and, and it's also critical to your personal success. And, uh, you know, both in terms of satisfaction, you know, and, and outcome. Well, so, uh, yeah. I mean, um, it's funny because it seems when you, when you say it out loud, it seems so obvious but I think people have a tendency not to realize the importance of it. Um, if you had to, I don't mean to put you on the spot like this, but if you thought of one most difficult hurdle in leading people, does one come to mind? In leading people? Yeah. Well, number one, you didn't put me on the spot. Let me put it that way. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm, I am not spotted on this. I, right. I, 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 I'll think of something. All right. Take your time. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, let me, maybe if I no, phrase I will it. Tell you this. I'll, t- I'll tell you this, Larry. I think in terms of being a leader and having team members work with you, I was just having this conversation with somebody else earlier today. It's, it's so important to give the focus and attention to each of your team members on an individual basis and to have a relate a relationship with them because communication is ultimately a relationship. So mm-hmm. it's a leader talking to a team member who reports to them and getting inside of them a little bit and getting to know where they're, where they're at professionally and personally, you know, and what they want to become. I always said that in my role as a leader, it wasn't my job to make sure they're okay in their current role, but to, prepare them for what they're going to do next. I constantly was asking them, okay, where do you want to be in five years? Not even thinking they'd be working for us at our company. It doesn't matter. Just where do you want to be in five years and how can I help you get there? So that's, you know, and that level of communication to have be that transparent is risky, but it's, it's necessary because that means you're getting the buy-in from your team member. And and you and you can establish that relationship. And communication has a lot to do with that. Well, and how well you can communicate it. I I can't agree with you more. I mean, uh, you're you're singing my tune here, uh, and it's interesting because what you're describing sounds like a, a match made in heaven for someone working for you in that situation. Did you ever have any? Um, 
people on a team where there was a difficulty because they had trouble acclimating to your style? Oh, sure. Um, not so much my style, but they were just, I tended to get in my experience. I was, I was assigned the leadership roles to teams that needed, that were a little more difficult. They weren't, you know, there was either an individual on the team who was just uh, not happy doing what they were doing. They just, you know, their attitudes weren't great. And so I was usually let's let, let's let Bob manage them. Okay. So my, my, this one individual in particular I'm thinking of, um, he was, we'd worked together for a number of, for some time and he knew where his, I knew where he was coming from. He knew where I was coming from. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm his boss. And, and I just went to him with my bit of, you know, okay, what do you want to do? What do you want to, what do you want to become? Cause he was stuck in a role that, you know, I could see he was just like running in place on it, mm. but I also saw his interest in doing something completely different in our, with our IT department. And so I just, you know, try, I, we talked about it and an opportunity came, you know, on the IT team and I talked to him and I said, you know, here's this great job. You got to run for it and you got to try to get it. And he was saying, um, nah, he's not going to try. He's not going to even try. He was so, you know, he was just out of sorts with his job. And I said, no, you really have to try for this. And so he ended up doing it and he ended up getting it and he was, he's made it his career. So my communication with him and my, the time I took to solve his problem and to help him solve his problem where he was in his career, that was, that established a, a, a completely different path for him. So that was, you know, a successful communication between I solved his problem in that I got him off my team and, and, and I got him in a better place, much more happier outcome. And, you know, great satisfaction for me. And then I think I really did, you know, benefited the company because it was a better fit. So, you know, and that wouldn't have happened without really honest communication, actually on both sides between me with him and him with me. So, of course, Uh, I mean, I know there's people listening to this now who are thinking, God, I wish this guy Stobner was my boss. <laughs> I know I'm telling you the truth that what you're describing is an ideal situation. And uh, your description of this, I hope that people listening appreciate because um, you are kind of modest, Bob, and you have a tendency to downplay the importance of what you're saying. But you're saying that you had a problem with a guy on your team, and instead of just blaming him for stuff, or vilifying him, or trying to shunt him off on the things that you hated the most, you helped him find the thing that he thrived at. That was the uh, that was the outcome. Um, and again, I think it's a matter of listening. Communication is, you know, a large part of that is actually listening and connecting the dots on what they're trying to tell you or not tell you. Mm-hmm. And 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 responding. Incredible, incredible. Well, um, you've uh, succeeded here far beyond my wildest expectations. Oh, um, wow. Well, you have because uh, I think a lot of times people hear me talking here and think, 
well, that's just Larry, and it doesn't really apply to anyone else. But uh, I'm constantly harping on the fact that everything I'm talking about on this show is applicable to anyone who wants to improve their communication skills. And you just provided a crystal clear example of something that's not an entertainment, but is equally valuable in a completely a different arena, in a totally different uh, um, place. But you showed how using the exact same communication skills that I'm talking about, you were able to make your life better, make this employee's life better, make the company better. This is, uh, I couldn't have come up with a better example if I wrote it myself. <laughs> well, thank you, Larry. I appreciate that. Yeah. It was great to be on your show today. Well, thanks. I really appreciate having you. And I hope uh, to see you sometime live in person again. All righty. I'll be looking forward to it. Take Th- care, Larry. Thanks, Bob. That's all for this week. I'm so pleased you take time to download this and listen to what I have to say. I think it's very valuable. I hope that you feel the same way. And if you do, please share this with your friends and family. Share it with your coworkers. Share it with everyone you possibly know until everyone in this world learns to improve their communication skills. Think of what a fantastic revolution that would be. This has been Larry Wilson. I want to thank you for spending this time with me, and I hope you found this information useful. If you're looking for more, you can find it at thewilsonmethod.com. There's a ton of stuff there. In fact, if you want, you can even speak to me because I'm human. Send me an email at info at wilsonmethod.com because I read every single one. I hope that you'll join us next week in this continuing journey and you'll be with me for the next episode of How to Talk to Humans. <laughs>